bored at work? Your imagination needs stimulation? Don't hit that touch screen. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Stick around. Following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Once again, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players from around the world. So without further ado, here's your host for this week's show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the theatre. Tonight, we will be listening to Evening Primrose by the Wisp of Memory Theatre Players. I'm your host this evening in this wonderful venue. I'm Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard from gypsyaudio.org, and I invite you to enjoy this play with me. Did you lose an election bet yesterday? Feel a bad cold coming on? Want to get away from it all? We offer you escape. You are groping in the midnight dimness of a gigantic department store, and suddenly you realize that you are not alone, but a hundred eyes are glaring at you from the shadows, a hundred hands reaching for your throat, and your most urgent desire is to escape. Escape, produced and directed by William N. Robeson, and carefully plotted to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight, we escape to the dark labyrinth of a giant department store in the dead of night, and to a fantastic world of night dwellers as John Collier imagines it in his eerie story, Evening Primrose. Shady? Ah! Shady, what's the matter? It's me! Oh, Sam, you nearly scared me to death. What do you mean, coming in so quiet? I didn't mean to scare you. I thought you'd be asleep. I didn't mean to wake you. Oh, Sam, I'm glad you're home. Hey, what's the matter? Oh, it's terrible. You gotta do something, Sam. What's terrible? It's this. Just look at this. What's terrible about that? It's like an ordinary pad of paper to me. That's it. That's just what I thought. But it's got writing in it. It's awful. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe you'd better tell me what this is all about. Well, today I went shopping down at Macy's department store. Yeah? And I needed some paper, so I picked this up. It was on the top of the pile, and I bought it and brought it home. But tonight, when I open it... I found it's got writing in it. Oh, that's not so terrible. Just take it back tomorrow. Make him give you a new one. Oh, no, you don't understand. 
It's what's written in it that's so terrible. Uh, what do you mean, what's written in it? Here, you gotta read it. Ah, oh, Sadie. No, no, right now, read it! Look, Sadie, I'm tired. I've been bowling all evening and... Sam, please, just read it. <sighs> all right, for Pete's sake. <sighs> October 13th, today I made my decision... I decided to say goodbye to the world to get out, leave, break away, and I have done it. Uh, Sadie, this is a lot of... Go on, read it. Oh, and now I am free, really free. free. Yes, I am free free at last. The world is an intolerable place for a poet. I was broke, starving, at my wit's end. Then I had a brilliant idea. I would escape to a place where I had no need to earn a living, where I could write to my heart's content in peace and security. Where is this place? Right under your nose. So close, you'd never think of it. I am now living in Macy's department store. I have everything within my arm's reach that anyone would need or desire. And it's all free, absolutely free. I arrived this afternoon. I had spent three days looking over all the department stores in town. I decided on Macy's because of the completeness of their food department. Therefore, this afternoon I entered the store and went immediately to the fourth floor, to the rug department, and hid myself in this dusty out-of-the-way corner behind a pile of carpets. Once I'm settled, I'll furnish it with some of the best modern pieces from the furniture department. It's small. But I'll be cozy enough and safe. After the store closed, I made my first venture out. I tiptoed as far as the stationery counter and got this paper. The writer's primary need. Now, after making my initial entry, I'll go out and get food, wine, the pillows for my bed, perhaps a fancy dressing gown. This is perfect. I'll be able to write here. Dawn, October 14. I'm almost too unnerved to write this. The whole thing is unbelievable. After the store was dark and completely quiet, I crept out and started toward the food department. One's footsteps echo hollowly in an empty department store at night, and I found myself gliding along the floor on tiptoe, moving as silently as possible. But the sound of footsteps persisted. Suddenly I realized they were not my own. The night watchman. I was in the salon, Moderne. Quickly I seized a mink coat from a hanger, draped it about my shoulders and stood stock still. I could have reached out and touched him as he passed by without so much as a glance. I started to smile. But the smile froze on my lips. I was looking straight into a pair of eyes. Large, flat, luminous, inhuman eyes peering at me from among the mistailored suits a dozen feet away. They belonged to a creature dressed as a man. But he was as pale as a creature from under a stone, his hands hanging motionlessly at his sides, looking more like the fins of a fish than human hands. And then he spoke. Not bad. For a 
beginner. I'm sorry, I didn't know anyone else uh, lived here. Oh yes, we live here. It's delightful. We? Yes, all of us. Don't you see? Look around you. I looked around. I saw nothing. I looked again. I saw an old man come clambering out from behind a cloak. There were three elderly Ingnews, incredibly emaciated, pale as lace, almost transparent, simpering before the perfume counter. A chintzy lady swam out from behind the curtains and drapes. They came swarming thick around me, pale, thin, wispy, moving silently, fluttering like gauze in the wind. Whispering. How raw he looks. Who is he? As coarse as the sun is. What's he doing here? A detective. Send for the dark men. Yes. Send for the dark men. For the dark men. They were passing around me, clawing, holding me, their pale faces contorted with a venomous, inhuman hatred. I was paralyzed. All I could do was repeat over and over again, I'm not a detective. I'm not a detective. I'm not. Burglar, then. A burglar? Tie him up! Hold him. Carry him to the place. Send for the dark man! Stop. Let him speak. I, I'm not a detective or a burglar. I'm a poet. And what are you doing here? Uh, I've renounced the world. I came here to live, where I could be alone, away from the world. Why, then? He's come over to us. He's just like us. He's come over to us. He's a poet. He must meet Miss Vanderpant. Yes. Mrs. Vanderpant. She's coming now. I followed their eyes to the balcony. There, coming down the wall like an ancient spider, clambered an old lady, wrinkled and cracked and emaciated. She must have been at least eighty. A shadowy matriarch. And the things beside me bowed and scraped as she reached the floor and floated toward us. What's going on here? Where is that stupid girl? What is keeping her? Oh, uh, uh, Mrs. Vanderpant? Well, what is it? Who's this, Mr. Roscoe? Mrs. Vanderpant, may I present Mr. Uh... Snell. Mr. Snell. Mr. Charles Snell. Yes, yes, of course, Mr. Snell. He is a poet, and he's come here to live. Oh! Oh, he has, has he? That's what he says, and I believe him. Well? He avoided the night watchman quite neatly, for a beginner. Thank you. Hmm. Very well. We shall see. A poet should find inspiration here. Mr. Snell, Mrs. Vanderpant is our grand old lady. Oh. I am quite the oldest inhabitant here, Mr. Snell. Three mergers and a complete rebuilding. But they didn't get rid of me. Oh, really? Hmm. Where is Ella? Where is my broth? She's bringing it, Mrs. Vanderpant. Terrible little creature. She is our foundling, Mr. Snell. She is not quite of our sort. Is that so? I have been here, Mr. Snell, ever since the terrible times of the 80s. I was a young girl then. A, a beauty, they say. And poor Pap lost his money. 
Macy's meant a lot to a young girl in those days, so when I wasn't able to have a charge account, I came here for good. That's better than a charge account. Though I was quite alarmed when the others came after the crash of 1907. But it was the dear judge. Yes. The colonel. How do you do? Yes. Mrs. Bilby. How do you do? Uh, Mrs. Bilby? You know, Mrs. Bilby writes plays. Oh? And she comes from an old Philadelphia family. You will find us quite nice here, Mr. Snell. I'm sure I will. And, of course, all our dear young people came in 1929. Their poor paps jumped from skyscrapers. They couldn't bear to be without charge accounts, either. Do you mean all these people live here? Oh, and many more. You shall meet them all later. Oh, here comes that girl with my broth. Come, come, you stupid thing. Mrs. Vanderpant is waiting. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Here. Now you be careful. Don't spill it. Oh, but she's young. Well, of course, she is a little younger than most of us. And she's different. She's... she's beautiful. Mr. Snell, Ella is Mrs. Vanderpant's maid. That's right, old man. She's really not our sort at all. You shouldn't say such things. She can hear you. Oh, that doesn't matter. You'll understand these things better after you've been here for a while. But it seems to me that you would... Mr. Snell, we have certain rules here. They are necessary for our survival. I'm sure you won't find it hard to observe them. Well, yes, I, I appreciate... I would advise you try. If you do not, that would be most unfortunate, Mr. Snell. Most unfortunate for you. October 15. You can imagine my feelings last night. My first thought was to escape as quickly as possible. In fact, I planned to wait till morning, when the store opened, then quit my hiding place, mingle with the crowds, and leave Macy's forever. But just before dawn, Mr. Roscoe brought me a cup of coffee, which must have been drugged, for I fell asleep. And when I woke, I found that I had slept all day, and night was closing over the store once more. Later. I've spent my second night here. I saw Ella again. Ella, the pearl of this remote, fantastic cave. She is not like the others. A trifle pale, but otherwise normal and human and beautiful. A child perhaps eighteen. She's the only thing that makes this nightmare bearable. October 20th. Escape seems almost impossible. There's a very effective burglar alarm system, and the doors are carefully guarded. But that's nothing compared to the Dark Men. Who are the Dark Men? I don't know. But they threaten any transgressor with these Dark Men. I shall try and discover who they are. At least, I'm sure I am watched. Though they've begun to trust me now. Speaking to the night watchman would be suicide, even if he believed my fantastic story, or didn't shoot me as a burglar. I'm convinced that neither Ella nor I could get out of here alive. She and the night watchman are only the real people here, and how the others hate the night watchman. 
hideous, vulgar creature. He reeks of the coarse sun. Oh, come now, Mrs. Bilby. He's really a personable young man. Very young for a night watchman. Mr. Snell, sometimes I wonder about your taste. You mustn't stay so much to yourself, Mr. Snell. You must become better acquainted with our ways. Yes, old man. You must come to the play tonight. We're going to be entertained with one of Mrs. Bilby's tragic comedies, Love in Shadowland. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I'm sure I will. It's really a festive occasion, you know. Wanamaker's is coming over, you know. Wanamaker's? Yes, the entire colony over at Wanamaker's is coming here en masse to attend the play. You mean there are people living in other stores? Oh dear, yes. Didn't you know? Of course, the best people live at Macy's and Wanamaker's. Oh, come now, Mrs. Bilby. There are some very nice people over at Alton's. I beg your pardon, Mrs. Bilby. Oh, hello, Ella. Good evening, Mr. Snell. Mrs. Bilby? Well, what is it? Please, ma'am, I'd so love to see your play tonight. May I have your permission? Certainly not. You know better than that, you stupid creature. You know where you belong. In the basement with the garbage cans. Oh, but Mrs. Bilby, couldn't you? Hush, Mr. Snell. Ella, you're becoming entirely too forward as of late. I'd advise you to watch your step. Remember, the dark men. Oh, no! No, please, Mr. Roscoe. I'll be good. I promise I will. No, please don't send for the dark men. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bilby. Excuse me. Ella, come back. Mr. Snell, you forget yourself. Let her go. But how can you treat her like that? Why do you always frighten her? And what is all this about the dark men? Well... The Dark Men. Oh, please, Mr. Roscoe, not now. You'll spoil our whole evening. And I do so want Mr. Snell to enjoy my play. Very well. Later, Mr. Snell. But I want to know about the Dark Men. Later, later. October 21st. At last, I got an opportunity to speak to Ella alone. I hadn't dared to speak to her before. Here, one had a sense always of pale eyes secretly watching. But last night at the play, I induced a fit of hiccups. As I anticipated, I was sternly reprimanded and told to go and secrete myself in the basement where the night watchman wouldn't hear me. This is exactly what I had planned. I went to the basement. <laughs> there in the darkness among the garbage cans and rats, I heard sobbing. Ella? Ella? Oh. Ella, is that you? Yes. Why are you crying? What is it, Ella? They... They wouldn't even let me see the play. Is that all? Oh, Mr. Snell, I'm so unhappy. There. There, you mustn't cry. You're the only one... The only one who's kind. Ella, why are you here? Why do they treat you so differently? Because I'm not like them. I didn't choose to come here. You mean you're held prisoner? Yes. You see, I I was only six. I came here on a shopping tour with my mother. I got lost and fell asleep behind a counter. It was dark when I awoke and they found me. Some of them wanted to send for the dark men because they were afraid that I would tell on them. But Mrs. Vanderpent said no. I could stay and be her maid. 
and I've been here ever since. Since you were six? Haven't you ever tried to get away? Oh, no. I, I don't know anything about out there. I wouldn't know what to do. And besides, I'm afraid. If anyone tries to get out, they send for the Dark Men. Ella, who are the Dark Men? Don't you know? Oh, it's horrible. Tell me. You know how people live at all the stores? Like Gimbals and Bloomingdale's? Yes, yes, and... I know. Well, the Dark Men live at the Undertaker's. Good heavens. And whenever someone dies, or breaks the rules, or when a burglar gets in and sees these people and might tell, they send for the Dark Men. How horrible. They put the body in the butcher shop in the food department, and then the Dark Men come. I saw them once. It was terrible. What do they do? They go in where the dead person is. They have wax with them and all sorts of things. And when they're gone, there's just a wax model on the counter. Then our people go in and put a frock on it or a bathing suit and mix it up with the other wax models in the windows. And nobody ever knows. And if you displease these people, the same thing will happen to you. I haven't kept up my journal. Writing has been out of the question. Once more, I'm frozen with terror. But not for myself now. For Ella. They hate her. Any time, they might turn against her and send for the Dark Men. My mind is filled with her. I dream of her every day. I live to see her at night. We've managed it several times. They trust me now and let me roam about without interference. Finally, I met her again tonight and said it. Ella, I love you. Oh, Charles. I love you, Ella. Let's get married. Or whatever they do here, then we can live together in my home in the carpet department. They wouldn't dare hurt you then. Oh, Charles, I... Oh, don't look so dismayed. If you like, we'll go away from here. Maybe we can get transferred to... to Bergdorf Goodman's, overlooking Central Park. Don't, Charles. Don't. You mustn't. But I love you. You're not in love with someone else. Yes, Charles, I am. But who? It must be Roscoe. He's the only one young enough. Oh, no, Charles, not Roscoe. Especially not him. How oh, I hate them all. They make me shudder. Who is it, then? It's him. Who? The Night Watchman. No. Impossible. I love him. He smells of the sun. Ella. Oh, it was wonderful the way it happened. Don't tell on me, Charles. They'll punish me. Oh, no. Never. I was careless. And there he was, coming around the corner in the ladies' lingerie department. I was caught. There was only some wax models in there under things. There was nothing else to do. I slipped off my dress and stood still. Oh, I see. He stopped and looked at me. And Charles, he spoke to me. He said, Say, honey, I wish they made them like you on 8th Avenue. Charles, isn't that a lovely thing to say? Personally, I should have said Park Avenue. It doesn't matter what street. It was a lovely thing to say. But what can you do about him, Ella? He belongs to another world. Yes, to 8th Avenue. I want to go there. Charles? Are you really my friend? Yes. Of course I am. Then I'll tell you. 
I'm going to stand there again in the lingerie department, so he'll see me. And then? Perhaps he'll speak to me again. Ella, you're only torturing yourself. No, because this time I'll answer him. He'll take me away. Take you away? Oh, no, Ella, I couldn't bear that. Ella, you don't love him. You only think you do because he'll be able to take you out of here. But you don't know that he will. And I will, Ella. I have made up my mind. No, Charles, I couldn't let you do it. Even if I loved you, Charles, you couldn't do it, Charles. Why not? Because you really belong here. You're one of them now. Ella, you mustn't say that. It's true. And Charles, I've got to go. There's someone watching us here. I can feel it. No. Wait, Ella. Goodbye, Charles. No. Ella. Come back, Ella. Please, old man. You'll arouse the night watchman. Roscoe. Yes. Hmm. Oh, love can be very upsetting, can't it? You heard? Yes, just this last moment or so. Very touching. And yet it's understandable. I've been attracted to Ella myself. So she loves another. Hmm? Too bad, old boy. Who could it be? Could it be I'm the cause of your heartbreak? You flatter yourself too much, Roscoe. Well, then whom? The old judge? Well, certainly not. The colonel? Hardly. No, none of those. Oh, not one of the customers. The staff? She loves the night watchman. Can you believe it? She loves the... Oh? Roscoe, I shouldn't have said that. It's not true. At least, I don't think it's true. You wouldn't... Roscoe, you said that you loved her, too. You wouldn't do anything... Tell anybody. This is a secret between us, between friends, isn't it? Of course, old man. A secret is the grave. She's young. Perhaps she'll leave, and she'll forget about him in time. Who knows? Perhaps she'll love... Learn to love. You. Or me. Of course. In time. And we'll figure a way to keep her safe here. Absolutely safe. Now, don't you worry about it. It's almost dawn. Time for bed. Good morning, Mr. Snell. Early evening, November 4th. I was a fool. I should have known he couldn't be trusted. He must have gone straight to Mrs. Vanderpent, because this evening the atmosphere had changed. People flickered to and fro, smiling nervously, horribly, with a sort of frightening sadistic exultation. An informal dance in the record department had been called off. I can't find Ella! I'm going out again now to look for her. Roscoe! What have you done with her? Shh, shh! Quiet, old boy. The night watchman. I don't care! What have you done? Whatever I did was for your own good, as well as for the good of us all. Wait a minute. What is that? What are those people carrying? That's Ella! She's tied up. They're carrying... Ella! Ella! Charles! Help me! Save me, Charles! Charles, stop it! No! Let me go! No, Charles, stop it. You'll arouse the night watchman. No, they're taking... Taking her in, into the butcher shop! Roscoe? Yes, those are the dark men. Good Lord! Midnight. I'm scribbling this last entry hurriedly. They are in there, in the butcher shop, with Ella, the dark man, 
There's only one thing to do. I'm going to find the Night Watchman and tell him. He and I will save her if we can. And if we are overpowered, well, I will leave this pad on the stationery counter tomorrow. If I live, I will recover it. If I do not, whoever finds this and reads it, look in the store windows. Look for three new wax dummies. Two men, one rather sensitive looking, and a girl. She has blonde hair, and her blue eyes, and her nose turns up a little. Look for us, and then find them. Smoke them out. Exterminate them. Avenge us. Oh, Sam, isn't it horrible? Wow. Well, we gotta do something. Tell somebody something. Oh, Sam, what'll we do? Do? Nothing. Go to bed. But, Sam... Whoever wrote this has sure got a weird sense of humor. <laughs> it's probably some clerk down at Macy's who ought to be fired. But, you mean, you think it's just a story. Are you kidding? You don't believe this stuff, do you? Well, well, I don't know. I... Ah, forget it, baby. Come on, snap out of it. I shouldn't leave you alone. You get too many ideas when I go out bowling at night. But, uh, don't you think maybe we ought to just take it back and show somebody? Ah, nuts. It's not worth the bother. They'd laugh at you, baby. They'd think you were crazy or something. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I was silly. Forget it. Come on, let's go to bed, huh? <sighs> I'm tired. Okay, okay, Sam. Gee, you know, for a while there I sure was scared. Oh, I even forgot what I was going to tell you. Sam, I found the cutest dress today. Only nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, baby? Yeah, it was in the window at Macy's. It was on a beautiful little wax model with blonde hair and blue eyes. And a turned-up nose. And there were two men standing beside... <laughs> Tonight's story, Evening Primrose, was originally adapted for radio by John Dunkel for the classic serial Escape by William M. Robeson, which aired November 5, 1947. This evening's presentation was produced by Rachel Kevick of Wisp of Memory Theater for the Sonic Summer Stock Playhouse. Featured in our cast were John Bell as Sam, Marley Norton as Sadie, Glenn Hibbert as Charles Snell, Trevor Gensch as Roscoe, Kate Donovan and Patrick Lewis as The Residents, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Mrs. Vanderpant, Glenn Haskell as The Colonel, Julie Hoverson as Mrs. Bilby, and Tanya Milievich as Ella. Incidental music by Kevin McLeod, Video Blocks, and Antonio Gerversoni. Sound effects from freesound.org and Video Blocks. Sound and mastering by Rachel Kavik. This is Bruce Busby wishing you all pleasant dreams.
And that's this week's performance for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. With thanks to this week's host, I am your announcer, David Alt. From me, good night. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, oh, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. <sighs> Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is Daddy-O! Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Roxbrocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, and now there's... Yeah? Twisted Pulp Magazine! <laughs> What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Mary. My pleasure, Billy. And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye. Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine, available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere, or at digitalvaudeville.com. That is D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com.